Whether you're a geek in a cape or a rogue who is sneaky, join Jason and Chris. <laughs> if we can get through the intro <laughs> of Entertain the Geeky. Guys. You put me on the spot there. I, I did. Ready I for did. You to have to say my name right away. <laughs> well, like it felt natural to make the switch there because I'm like, I shouldn't say my name first. Then I'm a prick, you know? No, it's your show. No, I mean, I guess. This is not my show. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> But here we are, nonetheless. Yes, we are here. So, uh, Roger's got some family stuff going on right now, so me and Jason are tackling the mics today. Indeed. And uh, Jason gets here, and he's like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? And I'm like, that's a good question. Um, So, we decided to go with what makes a good role-playing experience. Because Jason had a fun Uh, little... Yeah, I mean, we we played Deadlands uh, last night, and... I mean, I am personally, and, and I think this is point one for me of what makes a good role-playing experience, uh, is I am personally very unfamiliar with the world of Deadlands. I've never really been uh, someone who played it back in the day, me and my friends. If we weren't playing D&D, we were playing like Vampire or Werewolf yeah, uh, or some of the Worlds of Darkness games because that's what we liked. Yeah. Um, so we never got into Deadlands, so I didn't really know what to expect coming into Deadlands. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night I was investigating... Uh, you know, trying to figure out where this guy who used to be our friend but actually betrayed us and now has to die uh, was going. <laughs> and it led me to uh, an under construction, um, uh, for lack of a better term, a brothel. Yeah. Um, that is run by vampires. What? Yeah. And so that's something like I'm I'm playing in a game. It's very Wild West themed. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden there's vampires. And that was a very out of nowhere thing. And I can't in the game, like, of course, me, Jason, I know what you're doing. That's a vampire. Mm -hmm. But Chavez, the character I'm playing in the game, he has no idea that it's a vampire. Yeah. Uh, He just knows that there's some monster escort woman who tried to kill him and is scared of the sunlight. He has no idea what that means, though. (laughs) Um, So for everyone else at the table, they know the world. They understood, right? I mean, they were shaking their heads as soon as I went in there. They knew what was going on immediately. I did not. So for me, the vampire thing was come, came out of nowhere. So I think point one for me about making a good role-playing experience is how much knowledge do you have going into it? Do you know about the world? Because if you don't, you're actually in a much better position to be more exploratory in the moment yeah. and surprised by the kind of things that can pop up. Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, for me anyway, is uh, becoming engaged with just whatever like you said being in the moment being engaged with what's happening right now absolutely because if you're not doing that you start to uh it takes away from the whole experience you know what i mean and that's that's when it's like okay now we're just some assholes sitting at the table talking waiting right i mean if if i'm sitting if i'm sitting and in a DD game and the person who running running the game is setting up a combat yeah right and they're describing a monstrous thing nine times out of ten before they get done describing that thing i know what you're talking about right you're talking about an orc or you're talking about a werewolf or whatever it might be um and in this game i have been genuinely surprised by the amount of horror themed elements that are actually a part of this wild west world Mm -hmm. Um, because i was going in thinking it's a wild west game yeah and i was fine with that right he's using deadwood um 
uh, you know, the I mean, obviously the actual city, but but he's he's basing it on at least for his NPC portrayals, the show that HBO did, which I have not watched. OK, um, so I'm not familiar with that. Actually, one of the other guys playing in the game just brought me the entire box set last night and was like, you have to watch this because this is where we're playing. And I was just like, OK, I'll, you know, I'll check it out. I like good TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it really comes down to, like I said, just having having genuine surprise at what's going on what's what's really impressed me about this game the entire time is thinking i was going into a wild west game and being very surprised at what it actually is you're like there's vampires there's and vampires hookers and all and, kinds of crazy i mean shit. those things are you know very wild west right yeah. the, the town of deadwood the fact that it's run by a criminal type guy mafia yeah. guy right like it's the wild west okay i get that but did not expect to the see supernatural to see aspect the supernatural of it. aspect yeah. of it exactly um so yeah, I mean, I really, I've really been enjoying the game from that aspect. But it's also, I mean, we, we you know, we're, we're we're telling a really interesting story that's got a lot of layers. Like going into last night, I thought what this session is is we're gonna hunt down that betrayer and we're gonna kill him. Yep. And I've been looking forward to that for a month. You've been talking about it the last <laughs> two times I've seen you. You're like, I'm gonna kill this some bitch. <laughs> and then out of left field, it's like, no, we're not doing that yet. Vampires first. It's like, but. I really wanted to kill that guy. Like, I've been looking forward to killing that fuck. guy for a month. <laughs> yeah. So, so, do you think it's better to go into the world ignorant? I think it is. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I think it, it definitely provides a more. Like I said, you get real reactions out of people when you see them reacting to things okay. that they weren't expecting. Right. That's, that's very fair. My reaction to vampires was, "Holy shit, are these vampires?" Because I had no idea. Right. Like that was something that was new to me in yeah. this world. Why? Because you generally, your character would have a feel for the world if that's the one that they've lived in. You know what I mean? Sure. But the genuine surprise thing, well, that's that's a little bit better for actually playing in the world. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, that's when you're in the sandbox, so to speak. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not. Uh, you're not like, oh, okay. So if we're here, that means these races and things and monsters can be present. Absolutely. Uh, so I, it, I think that's like so double edged right there. I mean, sure. I think I think a small part of what else makes, you know, going in blind a, a very positive thing is just having no real expectation. Right. Because everything we do, I mean, it, I'm going to go we're going to go to see this movie or we're going to go to have dinner at this place we've never been to before. You have an expectation in your head mm -hmm. of what you're going to get. Right. When you go in completely blind with no expectations, it actually can heighten your enjoyment, not even just from a you know, engaging with the game perspective, but engaging with the other players. Absolutely. Who, in in this case, like I said, all know the world. Yeah. And are in, you know, kind of face palming when I walked into the brothel knowing, holy crap, you're walking into a den of vampires. What's wrong with you? You don't even have backup. You're all by yourself. That's hysterical. But it's not like they can tell me that because I did go off on my own to investigate this thing. So... It's just the, like I said, you, you, you have no expectations, right? Having no expectations is not something that we experience a lot in our lives. Yeah. Well, uh, Roger ran a campaign for us years ago. And he's running the Deadlands campaign yeah, that, that he, I'm playing in he right now. He actually does a good job as a yeah. DM. Uh, he ran a campaign for us, and it was D&D &D 5e, and aliens were fucking in it. Well, sure. I like, mean, yeah. spires are coming out of the sky. We'll come yeah. to find out we get onto one. It's a spaceship. Yeah. Everybody's reaction was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. it made for an exciting and very engaging experience, and... Somehow we get the spaceship in the air and crash it because, well, none of us have ever been on a spaceship before. None of right. us even knew that existed. Right. So we have no idea what this is. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, somebody killed an alien with a broomstick <laughs> that he found in the janitor's <laughs> closet. They went into the janitor's closet as though it were the armory. 
Okay. How would you know? Because you wouldn't know. Of How course. would you know? Sure. So, you, you know, you've got like this bucket and you're like, fucking cool, man. Trash yeah, I mean, can I'm, lid. I'm, I'm reminded of something similar. Uh, I was running a campaign that started out in the Underdark and Brent, uh, you know, our friend Brent was playing a, uh, a Minotaur and he had never seen the surface world before. All he'd ever known was a life of the Underdark. Uh, so when we first took him to the surface world, his role-playing reaction to the surface world was the f- was grabbing onto the nearest thing he could see because he was worried that he was going to fall off the face of the earth into the sky. Because he had never seen the sky before, right? There's always been a cave sky. Interesting. Right? So his his role-playing, and, and I think that's that's an interesting thing too, is you know what you're, what, what you're getting into, but you role-play it in a way that feels real yeah right that makes it yeah i've never seen the sky before i don't know what that is so i grab onto this big boulder because i think i'm gonna fall off well and if you see birds flying in it you're like oh shit they're (laughs) falling through that you know what i mean like i can definitely see where uh somebody that was completely oblivious to this phenomenon right but i definitely think a good storyteller is is a helpful thing oh for sure i've i've played in some really fun games that uh that were due to you know some really engaging storytellers i mean brodeur is is a perfect example yeah i mean that man had me so uh, so into the story he was telling at one point when another character playing in the game died i cried actual tears did you really that is how engaged that man had me in this story um and and it's a credit to you know the other person who was playing was capuano he was playing in that game and he was the one who died and so it was also a credit to him for making his character engaging and 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 hooked in with the story as as a whole but yeah i mean it was it was that was the only time I think that's ever happened to me playing a game that's not because I'm usually the one running the game. Yeah. That's kind of the role I've fallen into in my life. But when I rare chance when I get to play in someone else's game, it's interesting to see how sucked in I can get as a player. Well, it's it's one of those super all the role playing games are like just it's a bizarre experience as a whole. Like if you think about it, generally when we play a game. Yeah, it's it's a tabletop game. We you roll dice. There's a very very clear set of rules that you have to follow, right. and that goes right out the window when we're doing a role playing game. Yeah, because absolutely. it's like you're you're just alive there, and it's it's super fun. It's so weird because it's a it's this meshing of what the DM is trying to accomplish, and then the characters getting it there. Like sure. Whatever. It's it's so cool, man. But so I mean, as is as a larger theme of right, like this this question of what makes for a good role playing session. I actually just recently had, uh, and I've had this before, but uh, most recently I I ran a game, a one shot game for a friend of mine, uh, and his wife and their three children. Mm-hmm. And I will say one of the things that I think makes a really good role playing game is good imagination and willingness to just go into the story without any preconceived notion of what it might be. Yeah. And the people who are the best at that are children. 100%. Children, I mean, one of the things I noticed at the table just running that game is the children were the one asking questions. The children were the ones who wanted to know what was going on. The children were the ones that took the initiative when it came to attacking monsters, right? This is They're just more inclined to dive 100% into this story in this narrative, right? Because... They have a, I mean, it sucks, but as we get older, we, we lose some of that imagination. No, we right? become so rooted in reality. As we perceive science, the world yeah. around us and, and we start to form our own reality. Uh, yeah, we lose a little bit of the, the thing at, when you're a child where you can just you can just have some toys in front of you and you can create a whole world for those toys right there in your head. Right. Right. I mean, I've seen it. I have siblings. You have children. Yeah. You've seen it where your, your, your kids or your brothers, your sisters can just be sitting there with their toys 
and and there you, there there's a whole world. And you if you ask them about that world, they'll tell you about it. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. They will tell you what that world is that they just crafted in their brain for these toys. Well, you know what's weird too <laughs> is these worlds that like people create. It's you go into it knowing little things about it. Sure. But the world kind of reveals itself to you in a very peculiar way. It's not like I just said it's this way and because I'm the creator Right. It's this way. You'll go there and you're like, oh, maybe this is what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's so much fun. Like that was one of the, when you were saying that, that reminded me of being a kid and like you're playing with your, you know, your action figures my or whatever. My Star Wars action figures. Yeah, and... dude, I, I was all into the X-Men action figures. So I had those too. <laughs> so I had like the, the X-Men 92 universe to kind of base things on. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, dude, well, what if this is what's happening? And you yeah, just you you get so own... sucked into that and it's yeah. so cool. You create your own narrative based on expectation, based on the the look of what's going on, the yeah. look of the figures themselves. You just create your own world, and it's 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 amazing. It's the best. And so I think one of my big things, and I, I've talked about this with Brodeur, uh, you know, is is if I could find a way to monetize running games for children, man, I would do that in a heartbeat because it's fun. It really is fun. I don't have to work as hard. The children are working hard. Right, they want to know about the world. They want to ask questions. And I, and I, as a GM who has you know has has done this a lot and has taken the time on some occasions to build really complex worlds that are all fleshed out that you could ask me anything about. I could tell you every detail about this world, mm -hmm. only to have adult players not ask any questions about that at all yeah, and completely ignore that as whatever. something yeah. that and they don't know that I worked so hard. And I'm not mad that they didn't ask, but playing with children, no, they want to know. They want they want to feel they want to feel like this yeah. world is real. Why is that tree there? Exactly. Well, they, I think that's one of the things that we get we get so blindsided by, like as adults, because you're like, no, I just got to get point A to point B. Like sure. that's all you really care about is, sure. oh, I got to get to the next stage, the next thing. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, why why is the fucking sky blue? Right. Exactly. Like, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, it's it's. I think that's a big one, right? Is people with good imaginations a very big one. For so, me, what makes a game great? The the last game that I was like running was for Tara and the kids. And uh, I had actually done an episode and talked about that a little bit. But getting them to uh, start role playing was kind of tough. And this is partially my fault. But Christopher was this rogue, total self-serving rogue. And he was role playing a totally self-serving rogue. He's like, meh, I don't want to go any further with this shit. <laughs> sure. Like... I can stay here and loot some of this stuff and I'll get plenty of money. Right. And I'm like, you're not in any way, shape or form intrigued by glory and riches. He's like, well, how rich? Right. He's like, because if it's too risky, it's not worth it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And this is a child. This is a kid. Mind you, anybody yeah. who's listening out there that doesn't know, it's this 10. is a child. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, uh, you have a very adult way of looking at this, but. No, you need to do this, I think. It seems like, though, at some point you probably explained to him what that class was, and he seems to have embraced that. No, I totally did. Yeah, as a reality, like, if I'm playing this class, well, this is how I'm going to play this person. Well, as as we were building his character, yeah, uh, I was like, well, this is going to be the easiest for you to play. Like, I didn't want him to do, he's doing a rogue, so I'm like, you don't want to, I don't want to make you an arcane trickster, because I don't want you to have to worry about spell slots or it's anything for, like that. Yeah, kids to worry about magic, that's yeah. for sure. So I'm like, we're not going to do that. It's hard enough for adults. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so I'm like, you're not doing that one. Um, let's do a thief. Sure. 
like that or an assassin and i don't want him to do the assassin because i'm like i don't want you to be completely bloodthirsty at this point in time like right. you need to be a sweet kid for a little bit longer right so i'm like you can be a you know a little prick thief i guess <laughs> and then go kill people in Fortnite. good job yeah right, right. <laughs> dude parenting is hard parenting is hard so yeah they i it took me a good minute to get them like sucked in and it, it took an npc to do it sure. and uh as i introduced this npc like he he'd kind of popped up and they didn't know who the hell he was or anything like that sure. I, I made him very mysterious at first and uh it was when they that character started like dancing around and singing and stuff that they were like, oh, this is fun. And I was right. like, yeah, you get to do this, too. Do you want to dance with them? And they're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's dance with them. We'll eat sure. with them. You know? Yeah. He's he's making dinner. We want to eat dinner with this guy because he's cool. Well, and, and, it, and it took Rob's kids a little bit to, to get into that aspect of it. But right away when they walked into town, you know, they 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 a lot of people were giving them a wide berth. People were closing their windows. This was a town that had been plagued by vampirism for a while. Okay. Right? I was setting up. So if my friend wanted to continue running this story for his for his children, I set it up so he can use Curse of Strahd. Yeah. Right. So Strahd was kind of my, my villain. He was my basis for the story that I built around it that kind of is a prelude to my own prelude to Curse of Strahd as a module. Yeah. Right. So it took them going into town and seeing the gravedigger. Right. So they come upon this guy who's like shoveling dirt on a big hole and as they get closer they realize oh it's a hole full of bodies yeah there's a bunch of dead right it's not just one guy he's bearing he's bearing a whole bunch of people and then as i as i had the npc you know speak to them and i, I gave him a personality i mean i'm very you know I'm, i turn into an actor when i run games when yeah. i'm playing npc characters so then they were very engaged but yeah i mean oftentimes it takes the game master to initiate that initial you know at first but then once i initiated that i didn't have to do that anymore yeah they were very inquisitive they wanted to know where they could get more information they wanted to know what was happening how did these people die all of this i mean they were asking about all the details and it was great yeah it was a really really well done kind of fun thing to see Um, and like i said if i could find a way to monetize that man that'd be a hell of a job That'd be a job I'd want to do for the rest of my life. So Jason is now officially <laughs> running D&D for kids. And you can contact him to ask about prices. <laughs> That's a whole thing. Well, that is a whole thing. It's one of those things. It's like if I could just bottle this and have it in this bottle like yeah. to drink from anytime. How amazing would that be? And like, Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have a good time. And, and honestly, I think it... Uh, Brodeur was talking about it and he was like he he framed it as a babysitting service like what if it was a babysitting service where you watched kids and while you watched them you didn't do the typical things we didn't go to the park we didn't play video games we didn't do any of that we played D&D or we role played yeah you right? just your services are for date night for mom and dad you exactly. guys go out you have a nice time we're gonna go into the fantasy world for a yeah. little while yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna fo- foster that imaginative creativity that your kid has for we're a gonna while. slay a dragon yeah tonight, okay <laughs> because obviously any you know and i think this is another thing about you know what we're talking about about just what makes a good game is a dm who really wants their players to succeed Right. Is it my job to try to stop you from succeeding? Of course it is. That's one of the roles I have to play. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to fail. I want you to succeed. Right. Because I didn't sit here and craft this narrative for you so that you could die five minutes in and not experience it for what it is. Yeah. I want you to succeed. So there's a certain measure of knowing when to 
put the pressure on and knowing when to let up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Right. When to let the players feel like they're super powered heroes and when to make them humble and go, oh, wow, oh, that's a sure. dragon. We yeah. should run. We can't fuck know? with that yet. Right. We're level two. <laughs> so I think that's another thing that makes a good game is is a, is a, uh, you know, a game master who understands and respects that boundary. Right. Yeah, I think you that's have to super know fair. when to, to push and know when to back off a little bit. Well, that was one of the things. So uh, within... 10, 20 minutes of the game that I was running for Tara and the kids, Tara almost died because they had to cross a river and she, bot she botched a fucking roll. Yep, it and, happens. You and can't I'm be like, good at everything all the time. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, look, you, you kind of slip and fall in and there's an undertow, you know? And you start to drown. Yeah. And she's like, holy shit. And the kids are failing at saving, at saving her. her. <laughs> so then NPC has to come in and he's like, shit. You well, know, sure. There's uh, again, and I think in that regard, right? It's no. She failed. They failed. Uh, so you managed to make it back to the surface, and oh, guess what? There's a tree branch. Roll me uh, this real quick to try to grab onto it. Yeah, you only got to roll a five. Come on. Sure. Yeah. Right. So there's that's that's a that's on a DM to to be able to improvise. Yeah. For and sure. throw in like, okay, everyone's failing. I don't want you to fail here though. So let me find a way to help you succeed. That seems natural. Yeah. For sure. Like it's a it's a river. There's trees. It's a forest. There's a tree branch. Sure, you grab that tree branch and you manage to swim your way to shore. Yeah, with right. its help. You know what I mean? Like, that's on a DM to know when to pump the brakes. A no, bit. for sure. It's <laughs> like, guys, we haven't even gotten to combat yet. Right. Like, well, so that's one of the things that I was going to ask you. So, do you, how how important do you think combat is to a good role playing experience? Because you can have a very very immersive story going and never fight in it. Oh sure, there's there's plenty of sessions I run for the games I run for most of my adult friends where there are whole sessions where we don't fight a thing. We it's a lot of role playing. It's kind of setting up the world, mm -hmm. and then the next session I balance that out by having it more be more fight centric. But I think with kids. It's important to to show them both sides. Oh, for sure. Right, because kids going in, you know, you're starting with the role playing, and they want to do that, and they're getting into that. But they also know going in before they even sit down and roll a single dice, I'm gonna get to kill a monster. We're fighting bad, right? Guys. That's yeah. why I have a big sword, right? So if it's a monster, if it's a bad guy, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna get to kill something with my big sword. Mm -hmm. So I think there's there's a there's a part of you that has to include that, if depending on the audience you're running it for, yeah. otherwise the game would seem boring. For right? sure. Because they play video games, right? They play Fortnite and they play Call of Duty and they play Grand Theft Auto and, and all of these things where, yeah, there are cutscenes to watch and, and dialogue options mm -hmm. to pick and, and have a conversation. But they're also then getting to pull out their gun and, and shoot the bad guy or whatever yeah. it might be. You know what I mean? So I think it's important, especially for a younger audience, to balance both of those things. For sure. So I had some role playing, uh, you know, a, a good amount of role playing. And then I had a good amount of fighting. They fought some zombies. They fought some ghouls. And then mm -hmm. they fought a vampire. They, they fought Strahd. They fought Strahd von Zarevich. Now, they were never going to win that fight. That wasn't the point of that fight. Um, the point of that fight that I used that final boss fight for was because uh, Strahd is a character like Dracula in most other things. He wants to die, but he never will. Yeah. He wants his suffering, his endless torturous life to end, but he never will. It never will. So... He's constantly on the lookout for warriors who might be able to give him what he wants. Mm -hmm. So the, the story literally ends with him halting the fight and saying, you might be the ones. And then the mists come in, engulf the party. And mm -hmm. when the mists clear, they're in Barovia, yep. which is where Curse of Strahd, Curse of Strahd starts. Yep. Right. And that's literally the premise of the start of that game is you got caught up in the mists and you arrived in Barovia. Yeah. Whether you knew the people you were with or not. 
you guys caught got caught up in the mists and here you are in Barovia. That's yeah. how the game starts. For sure. So I, I literally set it up so that he could continue running. And I think he's going to. I think he's 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 already texting me and saying, Well, how much money am I looking at to get the book and some figures and some maps? And he's he's already asking those kinds of questions. So I think he's gonna plan on continuing That's awesome. to do it. So Well, it's so funny because like the first session that I did with Tara and the kids, I was like, uh, we're not gonna do combat this session. I don't think. It really just depends on how fast we progress in the story how deep you get in exactly yeah. and we didn't like sure. because they were kind of dragging their feet at first you know i told you one of my players was like no this, this doesn't make sense to me i'm staying here I don't care about this big adventure you've planned yeah I'm, I'm a rogue i'm looting okay it's pillage time let's go right. now um, i'm gonna go have a drink exactly exactly <laughs> So he's, you know, off. Uh, he's like trying to do his own thing. And like the other characters are like, oh, I don't know. This is kind of scary. Like, sure. cause I, I had the city get fucking like just blasted and everybody thinks it's a dragon right now. Sure. So they're like, dude, the fucking first thing that happens is we're here. Like we just got done on an adventure and uh, we're getting nuked. Like what the fuck, right, dude? Right. What, we can't do anything about that. We're just going to, we're cool. We're going to hang out. No, yeah. you're fucking not. <laughs> Because no, the king, king knows you're good. Sure. He knows you're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, the king's dead. His kid knows you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, you want your players to engage in the narrative uh, and, and, and move forward with it. But sometimes it takes time to hook them in. And I think the, a biggest, the biggest misconception that I see or the, the biggest – I don't say misconception. I guess I should say the thing that I think keeps most people from trying it yeah. or playing in general is they just feel silly – pretending to be someone else yeah so one of the things i always tell people and I, and I think this is a measure of a good game as well is to make sure your players understand look if it makes you uncomfortable be someone else be you right your character can just be you in this world it doesn't have to be somebody else you don't have to come up with a big elaborate backstory you don't have to do any of that the life experience that you have in your real life could be life experience that you share in common with the character you're playing you don't have to change that use it well like typically let your motivation be it's you well tip, typically speaking like for me i've generally taken on a character that had a similar temperament to myself because it makes it easier to get into sure. the role playing and it makes it easier to get the people at the table to engage with you because i'm not too off the wall like this is pretty normal well, sure, but I've also sat at tables with people, uh, with a whole group of people that everyone's taking on a different persona. Oh, no, and that's like, amazing. Like, look, this is a character that does not represent you at all, because I know you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not you. <laughs> You're not that awful. Like, And I am definitely the kind of person that whether I'm creating an NPC as the game master or whether I'm creating a character in the game, I'm always creating somebody that has a different life experience than me. Because I like to role play from someone else's perspective. So like I said, the character I'm I'm playing in the Deadlands game right now, he is a Native American at a time when it wasn't really... It wasn't cool to be that. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. okay. Um, and he's also part Mexican, which is also something that, again, at the not time... okay. We're not a respected class of people. We're, we're downtrodden and we're, you know, forced off of land that they themselves had, had held for centuries of their ancestral yeah. life. You know what I mean? So... It's interesting to go into a world and and look at the world from someone else's perspective. And that's oh, what I think sure. role playing for me, uh, that's when I think it works best is when you can look at the world from someone else's perspective. It well, it's funny because that can like really shift how you view, view the real world. Exactly. It, it can make you more empathetic and stuff like exactly. that, which is really cool. Um I mean, but, when we played the Dragon Age role playing game, I yeah. played an elf. 
Did you? The elves are the, the, the downtrodden in the in the Dragon Age world. They're the second class citizens in the Dragon Age world. But yeah. I wanted to play a character with that perspective. Well, it's funny because Tyr's playing a Dragonborn. And I'm like, you don't really <laughs> know people. And right. you're kind of... Ostracized. Yeah, you're not normal. Yeah, one of Rob's sons, I don't remember which one, one of them was playing a Dragonborn. Yeah. And that was one of the things. Like, I went through and I broke down everybody's species and character mm-hmm. choices right at the beginning to let them know motivation right like you're a dragonborn guy you look like a dragon you walk like a man but you look like a dragon you have scales you have a dragon face you're a monster (laughs) you know what i mean like when people haven't really seen you yeah exactly like this is a a free thing yeah yeah um it was the same one of the i think it was rob uh, you know who was playing a drow and i was explaining to him like you're this is the surface world man you're just not somebody who would be walking around and and especially would be able to go into a normal city. Right. Right. I was like, you're lucky this city that I've prepared for this game is already Highly under such duress yeah. because of vampirism. They're ready for anybody who says they could kill the vampire to come in and take this curse away from them. Right. I was like, but most cities would not welcome you. Drow are mostly evil. And yeah. they're considered, I mean, they're racially outcast in most of the Forgotten Realms world. For sure. They just, you can't just walk into a city. They're immediately going to be on you. Get out of here, drow. You know? I mean, the drow are kind of douchey. Just like orcs. Yeah. Orcs can't just walk into Silvery Moon. That's not how it works. You know? It's very true. (laughs) You stay the fuck out, orcs. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's an interesting way of uh, giving people that concept. Well, and it's so funny because, like, I've played an elf a bunch. And uh, just regular D&D. Yeah, I do elves a lot as well. Uh, Elves are... They've always been pretty high class. Like, they're they're really old. They're really nice. Sure. And uh, getting to kind of play on the other side of that coin is a lot of fun too. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, no, I'm not the one that everybody likes. Most people actually, they just don't want to be around you because you're kind of funny looking. Sure. Yeah. You're too short. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, dwarves, hobbits. You know. Exactly. <laughs> gnomes. No, I was gonna say I, I took on a gnome. Uh, <laughs> for one of my last characters that I had played as. And I was like, this is weird, but cool. Yeah. Gnomes the, are weird. Oh, they're so bizarre. They're so They're like bizarre. technologically advanced, uh, but they're also very secretive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're weird. They're a weird race. They, they are. And I, I played a gnome bard at that. So it was like, oh man, super so annoying off gnome. the wall. Exactly. <laughs> super off the wall. You're a sing-songy gnome. I was. And I did this awful voice for it too. And hi, you know, Oh, and my God. What are you? I had to. What are you, one of the Keebler elves? Like, what is that? <laughs> had to be. He's little. Uh, and I wanted it to, I wanted it to be fun. So I would try to write songs before going into a session so I could pull course, them out. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be able to pull your song out and yeah. sing it. <laughs> the ballad of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the time when we fell down oh this hole. <laughs> You know oh what my I mean? god! I don't know if I could do that. Oh, I don't so know bad. if I could do that. Well, that that character was gonna be the one that I was doing in Dungeons and Dumbasses. Oh, good. Nom Foodle. Yeah, that would have been annoying. Hysterical. <laughs> you know how hard it is to find a fucking gnome bard miniature. That was yeah. difficult. Yeah. Super difficult. Well, I mean, but in in all reality, I mean, 
any gnomish figure I think could work. Oh yeah, no, right? I totally could. Well, I wanted him to have a guitar. Like it was this just obnoxious. Right, but again, thing. you're probably not gonna find a gnome figure. No, a it, look, I had this so specific in my brain that I was like, this sucks. I can never find this character. So then I just start finding like fucking halflings and shit, and I'm like, I guess this will work. Well, you got you got those places now that do uh, like Hero know, Forge and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that like let you design it yourself yeah, like, and then 3D print the it. Fuck you want. Yeah, so boy. you can make a gnome bard. No, for sure. <laughs> well, th this whole character, he was a rock star in his own mind sure so i don't think rock star was a thing but it wasn't i mean you were a traveling minstrel it's exactly best. right <laughs> but he was doing it he was living that life touring and whatnot all right, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it, but it's super fun to like you, when you start to get swept up in that character that sure. you've made, and you really, really, really get to play hard in that world. I think it's the best. Well, I think that's also something that that makes a good game, right? Is someone who's who really goes into making the character their own. Oh, for giving sure, giving it a voice, and 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 even if that voice is just your voice, it's fine. Yeah, right. But giving a voice to that character, make bringing that character to life. Um, so yeah, I think overall. There's a lot of good things. There's a lot of things that can make a good role-playing game. Um, I don't think we've nailed down any definitive <laughs> answers. I mean, we kind of just said, been riffing get, about it. Get into it. Right. Well, get, get into, into it. it. I mean, it is something that I think, like I said, a lot of people can't get past the goofy nature of it. But, I mean, it's fun. It's it's definitely something. I mean, if you ever, if any part of you has ever enjoyed a fantasy setting on television or in the movies like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones... Uh, or really any of, I mean, The Witcher, right? Really yeah. any of these things that do the fantasy setting, if you enjoy that, well, that's what D&D is, guys. Yeah. It's a fantasy setting. It's a setting with magic and dragons and monsters and wizards and sword fights. And I mean, that's what it is. So if you like those things, you would probably like this thing. I mean, imagine putting yourself in Geralt's shoes. And I know, yeah, you say, oh, you can go do that on a video game. Not, it's the, not same. the same thing. Not the same at all. It's not the same thing. <laughs> well, in a video game, you're still observing from the third person. Right. I mean, I guess in a first person game, you can kind of put Ish. your own personality Ish. on the character. Yeah. And then there's even some third person games that I think intentionally leave the character vague enough that you can kind of apply your own sensibilities and personality. I mean, Link's always been a character that I think he doesn't say a word. Yeah, he's a blank slate so can, enough. Yeah, he's a blank slate. You can kind of just, you know, put your own ideas about the world and, and, and the game into it. But yeah, Geralt, Geralt has a personality. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, you know, you can control what he says in conversation, but he's got pre-programmed responses. You get to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> this is what are he would say. Are you going to say A or B? All right. These are the things he would say. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is there anything that you think players should avoid in order to make a more, uh, it, it, players or DMs should, uh, should avoid doing in order to make a more immersive experience? Well, I think I think the DM thing we went over, right? It's it's all about balance. It's all about knowing when to push and knowing when to. to yeah, you don't want to just go and shit on people, right? But from a player's perspective, I think I think one of the things that always trips players up, right, is letting all of those choices you make at the beginning of the game dictate how you play the game, right? Yeah, you picked your class. Yeah, you picked your alignment. You picked your spells. Mm -hmm. But maybe as you start playing the game, you realize that doesn't define who you are. I think you gotta you gotta take yourself off of the page sometimes and just be in the moment well yeah you, it's it's character I think that's development. a problem i think but i think that's a problem that players have they get into this idea of what would my character do fair it's, enough but it's not what your character do what would you do right because that's who you're the character yeah right so if you're looking at the page and thinking i'm a neutral good you know or i'm a lawful good paladin of blah 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 what would he do no no you're him 
So even if something, even if you would do something that doesn't fit within that mold, well, you can adjust that as you go. Alignments can shift. It doesn't have to stay what it is when you when you write it down. That's why you write in pencil. Nobody's writing in pen, you know. And I think people say, oh, that's because you know we're going to change the scores and we're going to change the numbers. No, sometimes that can mean you're going to change your alignment or you're going to change your class. Yeah, you're going to you, go you, in a different direction. You had this great epiphany, right. okay, while you were playing the game. So I think, like I said, it it comes down to. Don't ask what your character would do. Ask what you would do. If you, Chris, were facing a dragon with a sword and shield in your hand, what would you do? Yeah. Don't think about what, what the guy on the page would do. Think about what you would do. Yeah, how big is this dragon? That's the first question I'm asking. Ancient dragon. Yeah, big no. old dragon. And I'm by myself? Yep. I'm fucking leaving. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My happy ass is going to hope that he didn't see me right. or smell me. But maybe if you got trapped into that looking at the page thing, you might think, well, my character would draw his sword and, gonna fuck and go this thing into up. battle, right? right. But, but that, that's the trap, right? Don't worry about what your character would do. Worry about what you would do. And then as a, as a DM, like I, we did pretty well cover that. Pump the brakes yeah. sometimes. Or yeah, I mean, I think... Give it some gas. Right. There are, yeah, there are times when your players will feel like superheroes. And and our, when you're looking at how the battle is progressing, they pretty much are superheroes. So sometimes maybe hold on to that big super spell for the end. When you've gotten them, lured them into this place where they feel like superheroes, and then right as the battle's about to be drawn and, and, and over, hit them with the big giant thing yeah. to make them hum, hum, humble a little bit at the end and go, you know what? He almost killed us. We were pretty badass for a second there, but it, d <laughs> right. it didn't keep going that it way. It went our way for a little while because, yeah. like you said, it's all about dice rolls, and you can't do good every time. Sometimes no. you just do really bad. Well, I think I think the dice rolls are like the one thing that's the equalizer, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of those things that's so much fun. Like, yeah, you have stats, and it's just like being a normal person. Right. Um, there's shit that I'm pretty good at. Sometimes I even fuck that up. Right. And. You sure as shit wouldn't I'm pretty that game. good at climbing a mountain, but every now and again I'll slip and fall. Right. <laughs> right. And that, that's really what it's It can't like. be good all the time. It, well, it's like that in D and D. I know it's more swingy, but it's also it's a story and it's yeah. you're not doing that every second of every day, so it has to be swingy and it has to right. be crazy and climactic and yeah, it's I, Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, try it. I mean it, it is a game that I think more people would find that they would enjoy if they would get past what societal taboos have been placed on it and just give it a try because no matter what world you want to be in right you don't like the fantasy world guess what there's all kinds of worlds yeah play fucking vampire there's i mean there's vampire there's there's all the white wolf stuff the worlds of darkness stuff there is uh the end of the world stuff with the yep. zombie apocalypse <laughs> and the machine apocalypse and the singularity and the robot those are, uprising those are all fun too and the return of cthulhu and you know there's all kinds of different worlds i mean i'm playing in a world Right now in, in Deadlands, that is the Wild West, but it also has horror monsters in it. Yeah. Undead and stuff, you know? There's all kinds of worlds. I think if, you, if you've ever been inclined to try something, try it. Because you'll find something that you'll enjoy. Well, and I, it, you know, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit. Because, yeah, maybe you, are, maybe you would like to try one. And maybe you don't know where to start. There's a local game shop somewhere. Yeah, I absolutely. promise you. And, They're all uh, over the place. That's that's a ground zero for you. Yeah. Uh, go because in there. Most game stores do role playing nights. They do. Yeah. Almost all of them have a D and D night. Yeah. And if yeah, I mean D and D definitely. But if, I mean I've known some that even do, you know, other games. No, for role sure. Role playing nights for sure. Yeah. Uh, Starfinder's one that's like yeah. You know that's pretty popular now. Exactly. Yeah. Super cool. But uh, yeah, like go to go to your local game shop. Go in and ask somebody there. 
hey, how, how do I get started? Right. Is there a group that I can get in? Because, fuck, you can find one. I promise yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. There are other people that like this stuff, too, and are in the same boat as you. And you might even be able to trick a friend to go with you if you're too scared to go by yourself. <laughs> trick a friend to go with you. Don't deceive your friends. I'm not saying deceive them, but you can be like, hey, we're going to go play this really great game. And if yeah. they, I mean, fuck, they don't have to necessarily know what it is. And then you end up rolling characters, and they're like, oh, this is kind of fun. I get to be creative. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so... Yeah, just try it. Yeah. Try it. I think it's I, worth I think trying. It's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I mean that. I think that can pretty much wrap this one up. Yeah. I think that's a good spot. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, don't forget we are uh, launching the Kickstarter for Conniving Cooks on the fifth of, of May. Uh, of May. Yeah, yeah. We were going to do it on the fourth, but then we didn't want to compete with Star Wars Day, so the fifth uh, seemed like a better day. So, so we're going to do it on Cinco de Mayo. Oh yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Damn, I forgot all about that. Yeah. I don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. I don't drink. It's I don't a drink drinking either. Holiday. It is a drinking holiday. <laughs> I forgot all about the drinking holiday. Um, <laughs> but we are going to launch it. It's, uh, it's happening. It has to. I have I have started communicating with some of the people from Geekway to the West. We're going to try to get uh, set up with the Kickstarter table. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but we're 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 hopeful. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm emailing right now, so we're going to figure that out as we get closer. Um, also, just to just to mention it. Um, uh, our good friend Mike Broder is is put a lot of his uh, money and and effort into becoming a gaming journalist, uh, and he's launched a website uh, and a and a business called the Influence Foundation. Uh, their motto is "We are everywhere," which I think is, if you know Broder, is a completely appropriate yeah. motto for for him. Uh, the the website is goinfo.org. Um, there's not much there yet, but he's uh, he's getting ready to launch it in full, heading out to Gamma with his press pass and going to get some interviews, and we're 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 rooting for him. Yeah, so, uh, super so amazing. Keep that on your radar uh, for the future. Um, also, you can you can link to uh, our friends uh, Matt and Jeff. Um, board game bros. The board game bros. They're brothers. They play board games. They talk about board games. And they are the uh, and they create board games. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. with EG games, like we we have a pretty tight knit thing with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can find their podcast on the podcast page at uh, entertainthegeeky.com. Yeah, and on entertainthegeeky.com, you can follow us on all of our social media. Yeah, uh, you can read articles, all kinds of goofy shit there. Um, we're trying to be the one-stop shop for all the nerdy stuff now. I mean, I've tried. I mean, we got video games, we got comic books, we got movies, we got television, we, we got, got board games, we got yeah. role-playing games. It's a lot. It's a it's lot a to keep track of. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, then we, we had uh, Scott Sampson for a little bit that was just doing his... Um, oh, yeah, the, the music articles, the yeah, bits of everything. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't always music. It was just, he would just choose a topic Whatever and just he go wanted with to, it. Yeah, it was awesome. It. Yeah, it was great. Super cool. So, yeah, you can go there if you want to read some interesting shit. And there's going to be more coming here in the future. And we're super excited for what the future holds. Absolutely. So, guys, as always, stay geeky.